Well, we're going there. Today, we're going to talk about infinite banking and living below your means. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. In today's episode, we're going to be addressing the idea of living below your means. Now, this has been very popularized out there in the financial entertainment world. And I also acknowledge that it's a very basic, very fundamental, standard approach to personal finance to say simply live below your means. I think that many of us can benefit from walking that out a little more. I also agree that we could take it at face value and implement that in a very simple way. But I believe that much like there are you know, two sides to a coin, that while asking how can I live below my means, what may I need to tighten up? What may I need to re-examine, give some honest introspection? What do I need to eliminate? What do I need to recalibrate, dial in? Sure, those are valid, valid questions. Worthwhile questions. But again, the other side of that coin, I believe, would be, well, how can I expand my means? What can I do? What can you do to increase our ability, our footprint, our market share, whatever it is that we're doing, how can we increase that? How can we grow that? How can we intentionally and purposefully expand our abilities, our means, if you will? So I think that's a very, very valuable question. The how can I, how can we, the how, I mean, we all have the why question. Sometimes we need to ask when and what. But in this scenario, in this in this situation, being able to ask, well, how can we get into that industry, into that field? How can we expand what it is that we're doing here? How can we afford to do this or that or the other? Again, we can temper that with evaluating what we're doing to see if we need to evolve something or change something or dial something in or eradicate something completely, perhaps. For sure, for sure. That's that's just simply fighting against the arrival syndrome, which I believe uh, we all suffer from at times. It's something that we constantly have to battle, and I do believe that it's very apparent out in the financial entertainment world that many strong voices, folks that I respect for lots of different reasons, as well have to battle the arrival syndrome and not be so dogmatic in and I'm, I'm a very I feel like I'm a very consistent person so that's that's some again that's my whole point though that's something for me to to introspect on as well that's something for me to combat against my own sense of arrival because I'm a perpetual student I've decided I want to continue learning throughout my life I feel like there's a lot of value in being certain about some things. And I am certain about some things, but I don't mind questioning everything also. So, in considering living below your means, what I would say the common ground is, is that whether we're considering Nash's input from becoming your own banker or someone like a Dave Ramsey, we can all agree that discipline is going to be necessary to excel, to win, to succeed at 
anything, discipline is going to be necessary. Now, what I would point out is that the same discipline that may keep us from doing certain things can also be a discipline to propel us to do other certain things. So if I just take a real practical, pragmatic scenario from my own life and I say, well, my physical health and fitness, I could abstain from any kind of training. I could just eat any old particular way, not pay attention to my hydration, just all these different things that that I could consider whether to cut out and limit. And that's worthwhile. There may be some things that I decide, and that's just me for me, you for you. And again, this is just one particular example. But I may cut out some things. But what I also know is that for me to increase my strength, let's say, a proven way to do that would be to systematically titrate up by small increments what it is that I am lifting, let's say, in a particular lift, and just titrate that up over the course of time, literally expanding my means, literally growing my ability by testing myself at a new level that I've never been at before. So I do, I do love and I've appreciated that in, in, in my own training over the past few years now. The idea of expanding my means, of growing my ability. Now, I believe that's readily applicable in the area of personal finance as well. And the idea and the construct of becoming your own banker. It does require discipline. And I know that what we focus on is likely to expand. Where we put our attention, it's likely to improve. So what I would rather put our long-range attention on, our long-range focus, sure, we might need to make some short-term, immediate cuts or trims or adjustments, but long-range, we need to be focusing on expanding. And that's so with infinite banking. See, when my wife and I got our first policy several years ago now, that didn't account for our entire need of finance, but it was a systematic beginning to account for our need of finance. It was our first piece of the puzzle in building a system of policies that uh, over the course of our lifetime, and if we continue thinking intergenerationally, really long range here, changing the trajectory of the Durham family and how to build an intergenerational privatized banking system. So that would bring me to another point, and, and that would be that Nash encouraged us not to be afraid to capitalize. So to begin this journey of becoming your own banker, and in reference to living beneath your means, living below your means, that doesn't mean that we can hesitate to capitalize. Now, a lot of the same folks that encourage us to live below our means, and I'm not trying to refute that, I do believe in being wise and prudent and reasonable in what we're doing. I'm also going to 
promote the idea that we should expand our means. But to be sure, we see that there is a massive, massive trend in America where the average American is paying out massive percentages of every dollar that we earn in interest. And our government is uh, racking up debt like no other. I mean, these, these are just things that we can look at. You can go and check out, and I would encourage you to, I would encourage you to check out the debt clock. Just look up on the internet, the debt clock. You can see individual states' debts. You can see the national debt and how it's growing and rising and, you know, what that looks like. So I'm on board with the idea that the Durham household, your household, your business, your investing uh, should operate within your means, I would suggest that we focus on expanding our means systematically, logically, reasonably, and with imagination, with some ambition to grow and expand our means and our ability as well. Because what we're confined to are two ways of financing, and everything is financed. Either we're paying interest dollars to someone else to borrow their money on their terms and conditions at whatever limits they set, and we pay them interest to be able to do that. Or we amass our capital somewhere. My question is where. That's a very, very important and valid question. Where? And we forfeit the opportunity to earn on that capital, on that money. The economic value added. And when that's liquidated, we start back at zero from scratch. Whereas, if we systematically procure and obtain and buy for ourselves by paying premium, by not being afraid to capitalize, whole life policies with mutual companies that pay a dividend and have those policies properly structured, that's important, properly structured to be used for the banking purpose. I, I think of a very popularized saying today that I know from a former Navy SEAL commander, Jocko Willink, who uh, is perpetually saying discipline equals freedom. And how I look at that saying through an infinite banking lens is, okay, if I systematically approach becoming my own banker by buying whole life policies with a mutual company that pay a dividend and they've been properly structured for the banking purpose, and I can access capital, guaranteed, in a known interest environment against the cash values that are simply a net present day you know, representation of a future death benefit. And, and I can access that capital as a policy loan against the cash values of a policy that I own. So it's perfectly collateralized. That is a perfectly collateralized appreciating asset. And now I can now access capital in that known interest environment. And I have a system in place to be able to recapture that principal, pay the interest to myself, be an honest banker, pay interest, but pay interest to myself that's just more capital in my system. See, now I've created for myself the freedom to do more. So now not only am I bleeding out interest dollars to someone else or losing the opportunity to earn on my capital, but now I can access my capital 
guaranteed, and it's growing in a compound interest environment on weekends, holidays, through pandemics, global shutdowns, whatever. And I can still access it. It's not locked away where I can't get to it. And I can access it for whatever it is that I need to do anyway. The more I do that, and the more I add to that system, and I'm talking about over my lifetime, I am expanding and growing and developing my means. So the task of living you know, below my means is... You know, in one way, improving dramatically and for sure in contrast with the average American who is still bleeding out interest dollars, beholden on the timelines and the limits and the paperwork uh, of conventionally lending versus what I'm doing. No comparison. I'm winning by default. They're going backwards. I'm moving forward at lightning speed. We still do have to address Parkinson's law. So at at any level, just like I was speaking about fighting the arrival syndrome just a moment ago, we still have to fight Parkinson's law because, you know, what Parkinson says, you know, in one aspect is, is, well, when we earn more, we have a tendency to to spend more, you know, and and once a luxury is once enjoyed, it becomes a necessity. So Parkinson's law is still very, very relevant. That's why Nash addresses Parkinson's law long before he ever gets to talking about policies and banking and everything else. So we do need to address Parkinson's law. You know, and, and for those that are out there vetting this idea of becoming your own banker, and I know what Dave says about whole life. I've covered that topic in and of itself a couple of times here on the channel, and I'll continue to do so. That's fine. I don't mind that. But what I'm saying is, is we hear from a lot of those folks, cash is king. I agree. Nash said that. He said, the golden rule applies. Always. He who has the gold makes the rules. So again, I'm on board with living below your means. I'm on board with having access to your capital, growing your capital in a guaranteed appreciating asset, having compound interest uninterrupted while maintaining access to your capital. All of these things. And it's properly structured whole life policies with a mutual company that pay a dividend that satisfy all these check marks and then some. So as far as living below our means goes, yes, we do need to account for Parkinson's law. We do need to account for the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. And if we're systematically building appreciating assets that we own and control, wherein we can access our capital for our need of finance, we've not abdicated that to anyone else. We're not paying interest, nor are we losing the opportunity to earn on our money. Then we're moving forward. And yes, going back to the arrival syndrome, still pushing back the temptation to feel like we've arrived and not be open to reading a book or going to a personal growth development uh, seminar or having a good conversation, asking some questions of you know someone that we admire or respect, somebody who's doing very well in a particular space that we'd like to have more information about, whatever the case may be, just being humble enough to, to grow and to develop and to learn. You know, recognize that if we're if we're green, we're growing, and if we're ripe, we're rotten. You know, and I I would say that doing hard things or 
trying something for the first time. Anything that gets us out of our comfort zone is, is a good check for fighting back against the arrival syndrome. You know, what I know is that for me growing up, I played chess one time. One time I played chess. My older brother showed me how to play chess. I played it one time. I don't know how old I was and had zero interest, did not have the patience for it, wasn't engaging to me. And now, uh, a few years back, probably three years ago, I started playing with my, who would have been then, something like a five-year-old, literally making myself play the game with him, and found that I could begin to enjoy the challenge of it. The, the multi-layered analysis of, of playing the game. But it was mentally somewhat taxing to, to do something that was, you know, relatively new and foreign to me. But there's a lot of benefit in that is what I'm thinking. And to that point, I would say, if you're vetting this idea of becoming your own banker, I would encourage you to read R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. You could read his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. You could dive in on this channel and just let iron sharpen iron. You know, what Nash said about becoming your own banker is that it's a paradigm shift. You know, and I don't know who else out there that you've heard of is talking about the fact that you can become your own banker. But that's what I'm doing here on the channel now. So as far as living below your means goes, great. Let's evaluate that. And let's also consider how we could expand our means. And just how becoming your own banker would put rocket boosters on what it is that you are already doing. See, what I'm talking about is how you can add one more step to whatever it is that you're already doing. As a household, as a business, as an investor... If you considered adding one more step to your process, you could continue doing whatever it is that you are doing as a householder, a business, or an investor. But by adding that one more step, see, because there are some rules to becoming your own banker. The, the rules are pay yourself first. And that's going to be not he- hesitating to, to capitalize, not being afraid to capitalize your system. And then pay yourself with interest. See, be an honest banker. See, we're all... Whether your cash is king or OPM, other people's money. Whether your approach is Dave Ramsey or Robert Kiyosaki or any others. Any others. These things are true. That that banking just is. And we're beholden to someone else or we pay cash and we for, forfeit the opportunity to earn interest. You know, and the third is recapture the money. And that's, that's the nail I'm going to drive home. Recapture the money. See, what I would suggest is that the best thing, the most profitable thing, even to to use Nash's words, the most profitable thing that you could choose to do over a lifetime is to recapture the dollars that you're going to spend anyway. Over the course of your lifetime, recapturing the dollars for the vacations you take, for the cars you buy, for the homes you buy, for the business equipment that you procure, for the, you know, the bikes, the pontoons, the boats, the ATVs, what have you, just all those different things there. But the college educations, I mean, fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you're already doing, if you'd consider adding that one more step, you would find that you would increase your means to a level that you could not have imagined beforehand. And that's where we arrive in that um, our imagination 
is the limiting factor to the infinite ways that we could apply infinite banking. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. If you'd like to carry on this conversation about how to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then you can reach me at 828-817-4223 or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Off. Let's get uh, let's get perfectly centered down. Well, what am I wanting to say here?